the simplest theory out there is that women are waiting to an older age to have their families. Wherever I go, when I ask the question, when did your parents have you? The majority of people, their parents had them in their early 20s. When people at, at the peak of their fertility have not started that decline of 26, 27, 28 years of age. So that is, I think, the number one thing. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know I'm determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. Today's topic is something that I sit with so many women in our clinics about and really try to help them understand their overall health, how to have a baby, what fertility means to them. And oftentimes that journey leads down the path of needing a fertility expert. There's so much confusion in the field. There's so many different thoughts. There's even ovarian PRP, believe it or not. So we are going to break it all down today with Dr. Shaheen Gadir. He's a compassionate and caring physician who has dedicated his career to helping people overcome their reproductive challenges. And we know how heartbreaking that can be. He really wants to help people have the family of their dreams for both traditional families and the LGBTQ community. He is currently positioned as a top physician for egg freezing sought out by women all over the world for his highly coveted procedures. He's a founding partner of the Southern California Reproductive Center, and he's a double board certified physician in obstetrics and gynecology and reproductive endocrinology and infertility. He's been voted as one of the top doctors in the USA by LA Magazine's National Poll and Super Doctors of Southern California along with all kinds of academic merits as well. Welcome to the show. And thank you thank for you joining Thank you so us. much. All thank right. you. Thank you. Yes. What a pleasure. Uh, well, this fertility journey, this is not a joke, right? This is something, no. you know, I had a big stamp on my charts. I didn't have to do infertility treatments, but I, I will, you know, I had my first child at 34, my second one at 36, but all over my charts, it was AMA, AMA, right? Advanced maternal age. So I think women walk into this journey already feeling a little less than no matter what the outcome is. And I have story after story of, of patients who've seen specialists and the worst one I've got to share, it was, well, you have no eggs. She was 20 something, you have no eggs. And, you know, I don't even think a surrogate would work. So you might as well get a dog. And this woman is just like, in my office, like crying hysterically. So we don't want that experience for people. Tell me how you landed in the fertility world, what you're seeing and kind of your general thoughts about, you know, what's happening out there right now. Um, well, I was a resident in obstetrics and gynecology, and I was lucky enough to do a great rotation in a subspecialty of OBGYN called reproductive medicine. And I just fell in love. Um, I realized very quickly that it not only gave that compassionate um, connection that you can have to an obstetrical patient, but it was a lot more, a lot more than that, meaning that I got to connect at a level that I really wanted to connect to people. For many areas of medicine, it's just not for me. I mean, I, the lack of connection to patients, treating them for a cough or a sore throat is not what I was looking for in medicine. I was in, in my undergraduate degree at UCLA is in psychology, and I really needed that human connection. So 
the field of fertility really allowed me to have that human connection to patients. And at the same time, it was just rapidly advancing, scientifically advanced, um, a lot of things involved with it that I fit my personality really well. I always am a believer that you need to find something in life that fits your personality, not just something you like, because it may not fit with your personality. So that was a key. Um, and I started uh, the fellowship program close to almost 20 years ago. And I've been working uh, for a little bit less than that. Um, it gave me a really deep understanding and appreciation for life and for family and being given that gift that of what I can do for people was huge. Mm. Um, really, 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 really huge. And to be really honest, I really appreciated that. Um, and I really wanted to go out of my way to make sure that my clinic is at the top of their game. And so am I, and that's what we've done over the last almost two decades. That's amazing. So talk to us about what you're seeing in your clinic and what are women telling you? What's their journey like? And infertility in general, like I, I'm so, I have some theories as to what's happening, but I'm so curious, like kind of what you think as to what's the, the simplest, the simplest theory out there. And it's the truth is that women are waiting to an older age to have their families. Um, everyone, uh, wherever I go, when I ask the question, you know, when did your parents have you? The majority of people, their parents have them in their early 20s. When people at, at the peak of their fertility have not started that decline of 26, 27, 28 years of age. And as you can see in your story, people that also are these rapid decliners that even start earlier than that declining that we're not even aware of why. So that um, is I think the number one thing, and it's it was going to happen any it was going to happen sooner or later. Women are as driven, as successful, as academic, as professional as men, and they are out in the workforce just like everyone else. But unfortunately, it keeps them away from something that is on a time crunch, as you could say. Not fair. Certainly not fair. So that brings IVF into the picture, right? Talk to us a little bit about IVF. Why does it work? Who's the right candidate? And what sort of your little twist on it? I know that you've like perfected it and have a particular technique, you know, bring that into the picture as well. So many of our patients are doing some aspect of IVF or IVF. So whether you're freezing your eggs and just you take the eggs out and they just get frozen there before they're fertilized, so without the F of IVF, um, it's basically the freezing of the egg. Or once we have the eggs and then we're fertilizing, it is the manner of treating a fertility patient that gives you the highest level of success, which in our clinic has hit months as high as like 84 to 86%. Um, it is the way that is the most advanced ability to screen an embryo to make sure that your future child is as healthy as possible, weeding out genetic abnormalities such as down syndrome or other things like that, um, and allowing you to preserve fertility in the future by keeping leftover embryos sitting there for you. So you get the highest level of science, the deepest amount of screening, and all of this coming together to preserve you on the timeline that you want to be on, not what your body is telling you. And then how long when you do that, when we freeze eggs and do those things, how long do you have? Like, what's the age at which a woman needs to be? Okay. Got stuff sitting in the freezer back there. It's time to, time to take it out. How well, long? That's a really, it's a great question. And then the answer is kind of up to you. The American society of reproductive medicine used to say 55. Now I heard it's gotten a little bit younger. However, 
you know, if you, I've had patients that were 48 years old and in excellent health and carried, then I had patients that were 45 years old and had diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity that had to move on to having a surrogate carry those pregnancies for them. So I like to tell people, as long as you are very healthy and you are willing to take the risks of advanced maternal age while being pregnant, we can help you get pregnant. Mm, okay. Gotcha. And, you know, with IVF, are there things that women should be aware of? Like what are some of the common misconceptions out there that you hear as people are coming to your clinic? Really good question, because many smart women out there have these major preconceptions that if they do fertility treatment, they're going to get cancer in the future. Complete myth has never, the, the fertility medications have never been linked to any kind of cancer at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not take all of your eggs out. So if you still wanted to get pregnant the natural way and try the natural way, you're welcome to. We only take a cohort, a group of eggs that we're going to die off that month in the process of ovulation. There's always about a thousand to 1500 eggs that die off in that process. We are trying to recoup and take those eggs and take a big chunk of them if we can. So we usually can get anywhere you know, 20, 30 eggs, you've done really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. You are not going to go into an earlier menopause either. To, by us taking out a handful of eggs that we're going to die off that month anyways, you are not going to run out of eggs and go into an earlier menopause. Also, timeline. Some people call me and they're like, I know this is going to take one year. I'm like, no, it's not. You can freeze your eggs and be done basically in about a 12 to 14 day process. Really? And you, yes, yes, that's exactly how it is. And you can do IVF basically in a, the same procedure to get the eggs out. Then we have to give the embryos a week to grow. And then we wait for genetic testing results, which take another week. And then we can prepare the body within a month and put the embryo back. So basically a two-month process is the fastest that can go. And how, is there a cutoff at which you no longer harvest eggs? You no longer withdraw eggs? What's sort of the cutoff there? There's no cutoff. I have had 48-year-old patient tell me that she's willing to try. And I said, if you are willing to try, I am happy to support you through this entire process. If you are aware that your chance of success, even if we are able to retrieve an egg, is under 1%, and you agree to that, then I'm here to help you. Mm. So I, we don't. some clinics have a cutoff, though. Like, they don't talk to you if you're over 42. Right. And I think that's really sad because some of those patients that are 43 actually have gotten pregnant in our clinic, and some of them that are 44 and 45 as well. Now, after that age, if they're not getting pregnant, we have other options like egg donation and a lot of other things to help these patients. So we don't really have a cookie cutter policy of closing people and leaving them out without treatment. All right, superstars, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because you know what? With all the immune system issues going on over the season, I wanted just some added protection and support. So I started taking this. I've been on it for probably about six weeks or so, and it's incredible. I really do have a lot of energy, have been able to stay relatively well despite a lot of stress and travel and so much more. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, and it's even anti-aging. I love it because it's easy, easy to do, easy to remember, just a scoop in the morning and you can stay on top of it. And especially when I am surrounded by illness right now, it's just one more thing that I can do 
for myself. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat gluten-free, paleo, vegan, whatever you're doing, doesn't have a lot of sugar. It's a micro habit with really big benefits, including better sleep, better mental clarity. And it's one of the things that you can do for yourself, for sure. In fact, the founder created Athletic Greens because he wanted a solution for his own gut health and didn't want to take a lot of pills and supplements and bottles and those type of things. So this was really his, his solution to an all-in-one nutritional experience. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's a climate neutral certified company and it's recommended by professional athletes. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids. In fact, in 2020, they donated over 1.2 million meals to kids across the country. Amazing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially headed into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Dr. Taz. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Dr. Taz to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So this brings me to the question I've been dying to ask. I've been hearing about ovarian PRP. There's some doctors talking a lot about that, that we can regenerate our ovaries and maybe that sort of equalizes the race of fertility between men and women. What do you, what do you think of that? So we have had patients that have done it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't encourage it because there is absolutely no literature out there in the it real is, scientific it, world. No, I just so let's talk about people, PRP is. So yeah, yeah. PRP is when, they take aspects that are in your blood, they mix with different chemicals that are rejuvenating, and then inject that into your ovary. Um, there's no research out there that has shown that this is beneficial right now. And I have had patients that did it despite me giving them that data, and sadly, we saw no benefit of it. I see research. Is there anything new in the research world of like, how we can equalize the biological clock of women and men or think there's nothing, nothing, nothing. new, got nothing. There's <laughs> nothing. The, the female human being was yeah. made very different than the male human being. They are on different timelines. They are on different levels and everything is totally different. Mm -hmm. Women got maybe a downside of the fertility world, but they have benefits of many other things. Um, this is the way that human nature was made, unfortunately. So what would you tell, like, what would you have told? I mean, I didn't have fertility issues, but you know, if I had come in at 24, 25, hadn't met the person I wanted to be with yet, didn't look like a prospect, whatever, or let's say older, what if I'd come in at like 34 or 35 and it was in that scenario? So I'm glad you changed it because I was sadly gonna say, no one comes to me at 24, 25. <laughs> um, well, I have a few so, Actually, to be very honest, to yeah. be very honest, the people that do come to me at that age are people that unfortunately have cancer or have already lost one ovary because of a cyst right. or a torsion or something. And they're like, wow, what if it happens to me again on the other ovary? And right. then that becomes a disaster. Right. Okay. So let's make it older. 34, 35. So I tell everyone, if at the age of 30, you don't have a ring on your finger and you're not talking about the baby coming next year, 
you need to freeze your eggs or your embryos, one or the other. 30, because I see a lot of 31-year-olds that come in and I see already a significant decline in fertility. And I don't want that. So in your, I have had now patients that are coming to me at 28, 29, 30. My gosh, that seems so early. When you think about our careers. I know, I know. There's so many women that don't, we're not meeting people at whatever. I'm not going to get into all that, but anyhow, that's a great for everybody out there listening. I hope you heard that yeah. because I think many women I meet artificially believe that everything's going to work out and we can control this just like we controlled our careers and we controlled our education and we controlled everything else. And sometimes it's just not the way it is. All right. I do want to talk about PCOS and I do want to talk about endometriosis. I do think those are the two sort of most underdiagnosed hormonal conditions for a lot of women. What are you seeing in the fertility world? What would you want women watching to really be aware of? That was a big part of my story, by the way, of why I'm even in kind of the integrative and holistic world. Cause I had to kind of find out about it in a backdoor way. So what would you, what would you tell women who might have PCOS and endometriosis about fertility? So PCOS patients who have polycystic ovary syndrome generally have a lower quality of egg. There is a lot of male hormone in the body and the male hormone affects the eggs in a negative way. So not only does it affect you to have very irregular cycles as one of the number one symptoms, it affects the egg quality as well. Endometriosis as well. When the lining of the uterus grows outside of the uterine cavity in places that are not desirable, it has been shown also to affect the egg quality in a negative way. For those two subgroups of patients, I would highly encourage that they freeze their eggs as soon as possible. Mm, any age? The sooner, the better. Because the sooner you do egg freezing, the better are the quality of your eggs. And can you improve your egg quality in your opinion? We've had some different- No, the no. Medicine I, think you're, I think you're born with your eggs. And they are the eggs that you're going to have. Now, can you improve your health? So the, the decline slows down? Yes. Gotcha. And if you, what are the three factors you've seen really slow that decline? Maybe, I don't know if you, you might not be. Um, the use of coenzyme Q10 is the only one that I know that medically has proven to slow down the decline. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Let's break IVF down just a little bit because many places offer IVF, even here in Atlanta, where I live, we have different clinics, right? The patients come out having different experiences from each of those clinics. Let's say we have somebody who's listening today and decides I'm going to go freeze my eggs, or I'm going to go ahead and move forward with IVF. Can you help them with maybe a guide? How do they pick? What should they look for? What are some, what are some things that work? There are some women that have done eight, nine, 10 rounds of this stuff. Yeah, but that's a bad doctor because if you haven't guided your patient after that many cycles that it's not working and it's not going in the right direction, then yeah. you're just out for it for yourself and you're not doing the right thing. Okay. So help women with that because I feel like, you know, they don't, they don't know good from bad, you know, do, right. this, do that, help them with that just a little bit. Um, I, I think that, you know, you, I love making an overall plan from the get-go and I like to stick to it as best as we can. Because if you don't have an overall plan, you're just kind of dangling in the air. And I think it's really unfair to women to not know, oh my God, am I doing another cycle? Am I done? Am I... I think it's good to give, try to stay to an overall plan that guides people in the right direction from the get-go. But people, it's different because I know in my clinic, if someone hasn't done well in three cycles, the chances of doing well is going to be reduced. Most people do really well in one cycle in my clinic. 
Really? So, and I know that other clinics, there's people that like get pregnant on like the seventh cycle because the clinic quality is not that good. So they keep having to do more and more cycles. Hmm. Define clinic quality. Like I think that it's very important. Our lab is renowned in the country as being one of the number one or top 10 labs that exist. Yeah. A, you need to have an excellent IVF lab. Usually a small, tiny office with the one doctor doesn't have the best IVF lab. Um, we have our IVF lab is open to doctors in the community. So make sure that you like your doctor and that's a good doctor that you really bond with and also that they're using an excellent laboratory. Wow. So the lab, I bet many women don't think to ask about. So how can No, they, they don't because patients don't know anything about the lab. No. Um, asking for success rates and asking for published data that's on the Society for Assisted Reproductive Technology success rates. They're unfortunately lagging a few years, but it's the best that's out there. It's fascinating. Anything new in the infertility world in terms of research or developments or technology or procedures? You know, we've been, we've been at a little lull for a while because success rates have gotten so high. I think everyone's just tweaking what we have out there that's making things better and better, but not really, sadly. And then, you know, for me, I'm always sort of connecting the dots on hormones and what's happening. And I've seen a hormone shift in women for sure. Like I've seen an increase in the androgens increase. In oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think the, in trying to keep yourself as clean, your diet as clean, your mental state as stable and as happy, all of these things begin to affect the overall female body and male body, to be honest. I love that. And well, we didn't talk about, so do you see men? In your uh, so sadly, if a male has no sperm, poor sperm, low sperm, it's the woman that still has to undergo the treatment in order for us to help them both together. But you diagnose, but like you're in we a- can, yes, we always check the male, always checking the male alongside the female. And are you in alignment with what everyone's saying with decreasing male fertility across the board? Is that something you're seeing more of, or not really? I probably am seeing that as well, Actually. sadly. Any thoughts on that or? I think our environment is not so clean. I think there's too many chemicals. There's too much of everything out there that is not allowing for us to do in terms of that better. Yeah, uh, too bad. All right. Well, this is enlightening. Any last? Thank you. Thank you. For- it, was, it was great questions. I hope I wasn't talking too fast. I sometimes get excited and do that, yeah, but I really I appreciate it all the excellent questions. And I appreciate being on your podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Now, if someone wants to reach out to you or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, Instagram and Facebook, it's Dr. Shaheen Gadir, D-R-S-H-A-H-I-N-G-H-A-D-I-R. And I do have my own podcast called The Fertile Life as well. I love it. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You are welcome for everybody else. Thanks for watching and listening to this episode of the podcast. Remember you can rate and review it and share it with your friends. I'll see you guys next time.